1: Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today, live in studio, this Monday edition of AFA at the Core. I'm Walker Wildman. You're listening to American Family Radio. Hey, this week is going to be a busy yet exciting week here on the network. We have our Fall share coming up beginning tomorrow. Tomorrow is our Fall share thon We're going to do that tomorrow through Thursday through close of business on Thursday and this is where we ask our listeners to fund American Family Radio I mean it's as simple as that uh, we're asking you during our three-day share-a-thon in the fall and the spring to come alongside the ministry here and to financially support our work of course yes there are other ways to support our work you can first and foremost pray for the ministry of AFA AFR you can uh, uh, you can spread the word about our broadcast to people across the country, get them to listen, to tune in to the great programming that we have here on American Family Radio. And then thirdly, and this is what we're going to focus on the next few days, uh, you can financially support our work. And that that goes a long way to supporting American Family Radio. And when you support American Family Radio, you're not just supporting um, the the daily broadcasting here on the network and on the internet, but you're... Uh, helping to support our growth and our expansion. We just purchased a couple weeks ago. We closed on a deal with a Chattanooga, Tennessee station, pretty large uh, former ESPN station there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, covers all of Chattanooga proper, uh, several hundred thousand people, pop count, there in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, so we are expanding. We are growing. We're doing all kind of projects. We've got our video streaming platform coming out November 1st. And I could go on for 20 minutes on all the projects that we're working on. But when you support American Family Radio, you keep AFA at the core on the air. You keep all the programs 24-7, 365 days a year uh, going. And you also support all of our uh, various and sundry projects going on here at the ministry. So uh, your financial help truly is vital to keeping things going here at American Family Radio. And I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm encouraged uh, when you... When you keep up with the news of the day, it sure is easy to get discouraged. And I'm, I'm, I'm in on the news day to day. I mean, you can ask Bobby. Bobby and I are always keeping up with the news. What are we going to talk about on the show? And we're trying to keep our hand on the pulse of our country. Um, but there's one thing that drives us that is unshakable, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Bobby, you know this. This drives our work here. And that's why you and I get to come in every day, and we're excited. We're optimistic about our work because it all is rooted in Scripture.
0: Amen. It's the joy of the Lord in our hearts. And uh, I think if we stray away from that, that's when the problems really, really start to overtake people. And that's, uh, uh, if I can give one word of encouragement to the listeners out there, please, please keep the joy of the Lord in your heart. Everything else will, will fall away.
1: That's exactly right. Let the joy of the Lord drive you. And keep you energized, and uh, you know uh, the scripture and optimism and the power of the Holy Spirit is not antithetical or are contrary to being a realist and being aware of of the status of our culture. I mean, our, our country's in a pretty dark place. Um, I would say it's safe to say a majority of of people in America are unbelievers. They're they're either unchurched or they're in the church and they don't genuinely believe. In God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, so so as Christians we are up against um, a very dark culture. I mean, we can I can you can cite the stories that I talk about here on AFA at the core, and go, man, America is in a pretty bad spot from top down. We talk about America's leadership or the lack thereof, um, and the list goes on. But you know, if every time Christians throughout Church history if every time we faced dark times we all folded up our tents and left where would our world be where would our world be and that's not even bringing up the whole argument that that's unbiblical which it is Um, but where would our where would our world be if every time Christians faced a hurdle or a challenge we just threw up our hands threw up the white flag and walked off I mean the world would be in a very very bad spot even worse than it is today um, but we're not driven by you know how big the challenge is or what are the chances of, su- of succeeding and what does success look like. We're driven by being faithful to the Word of God. That's what drives us, and so that's why believers can wake up each and every day with a renewed sense of energy, uh, with, with a renewed sense of joy and peace and power by the Holy Spirit about the work that we're doing here at American Family Association, but that principle applies across the board. No matter what you do for a living, um, what your family looks like as far as how many kids you're raising, what your situation is, um, the challenge that you're facing on a personal level. All of this uh, uh, biblical truth drives each and every one of us and keeps us going and keeps us full of the, the joy given by the power of the Holy Spirit. So stay encouraged. That's what I want to encourage you with today. Stay encouraged. Proverbs three twenty-seven and 28 is our scripture for the week. Proverbs chapter three twenty seven and twenty eight, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, "Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you," when you already have it with you. Uh, so do not withhold good from those whom it is due. Um, so we need to act on uh, on loving our neighbor as ourselves, and we need to do that without hindrance, without delay whenever opportunities arise hey we have this we have this great article on the stand afa.net is our website uh, for the American Family Association which is a parent ministry of AFR American Family Radio Uh, but we have a blog site and we post three or four blogs a day these are excellent blogs written mostly by uh, staff members team members here at American Family Association well one of our very own Matthew White wrote an excellent blog titled Christopher Columbus, because after all, it's Columbus Day, isn't it? Christopher Columbus, celebrate or cancel, question mark. Christopher Columbus, celebrate or cancel, question mark. And he goes through uh, the history and the story of Christopher Columbus, which is fascinating. And what I think is humorous is that all the people trying to cancel Christopher Columbus um, and tear down the monuments, et cetera, et cetera, the vast majority of these people don't even know anything about Christopher Columbus, they don't even know anything about Christopher Columbus, but they're wanting to cancel somebody they don't even know anything about. Um, and that goes with, with all of our founding fathers. Everybody wants to just cancel everybody and uh, whitewash our history and just rub our history, you know, out of the stone, quite literally, um, when when uh, many of these people don't even have a proper understanding of American history, which explains why they're so flagrant and bold, Or or bold is not the right word, but so... Uh, in-your-face about canceling um, much of our America's history because they don't know anything about it. Uh, they just know about the propaganda that they've been taught. Uh, reading halfway through this, uh, I'll just read a couple paragraphs from this blog. Who was Columbus? This is about halfway through uh, Matthew White's blog. Who was Columbus? Little is known of Columbus's early days. and humble beginnings, he was born in 1451 in the Republic of, of Gio- Genoa, Arganoa, part of what is now Italy. Even as a teenager, Columbus began making many trading and expeditionary voyages and learning the Atlantic wind system and currents. In his 20s, he relocated to Portugal, and he ultimately settled in Spain. By this time, having traveled to parts of Africa, Ireland, and likely even to Iceland, Christopher Columbus had established himself as a professional and experienced mariner. Columbus gave God the credit for his abilities, stating, quote, he has bestowed the marine arts upon me in abundance, quote. Talking about God. Why cross the ocean? Um, just as most grade schoolers could recite the beginning lines of the poem in 1492, most could also give the simple textbook answer that Columbus was merely seeking a trade route to the Orient. In part, that is true. It was believed the Asian islands near China and India Possessed an abundance of herbs, spices, and gold, therefore a combination of necessity and desire made a trip there seem like a profitable endeavor. goes on to say that trade routes through the Middle East, however, were dominated by Muslims. Islamic powers effectively shut down any land route to the east, making a voyage west across the ocean seem safer and more attractive. Not much has changed there about the Middle East, by the way. Though part of his aspirations, a trade route was not Columbus's only incentive to make the journey. Concerning his dream to set sail for this new land, he wrote this, Our Lord opened to my understanding, so it became clear to me that the voyage was feasible. All those who heard about my enterprise rejected it with laughter, scoffing at me. Who doubts that this illumination was from the Holy Spirit? I attest that the Holy Spirit, with marvelous rays of light, consoled me through the holy spirit, And sacred scriptures. They inflame me with a sense of great urgency. No one should be afraid to take on any enterprise in the name of our Savior if it is right and if the purpose is pure for his holy service. Tell me, that's not chilling. Christopher Columbus knew scripture and relied on the Holy Spirit for his strength. So don't believe the muddled history that people tell you about Christopher Columbus. Um, study up on Christopher Columbus for yourself. And one way to start that is to go to afa.net right there on the homepage is the blog that I just finished reading from go there and check it out. We have a lot of great, uh, blog blogs and writings there on afa.net. And we'll post a link to that blog, by the way, on our podcast page at afr.net under AFA at the core podcast page, moving into, uh, some of the content for today, This um British medical journal, man. This this COVID. I'm I'm gonna just start calling this the COVID files, because the COVID tyranny knows no bound. And I've been covering this for months now, pretty much since this show began here on American Family Radio. Uh, As part of the COVID files, um, so much falls underneath this because everybody's uh, blaming uh, what's going on in our country. What's going on in our country is socialism and communism. Um, in the name of COVID, they're using all this uh, COVID uh, uh, narrative to really fit their uh, political agenda and fit their uh, desires. But one story I wanted to bring up is this one from the New York Times. The New York Times published a report recently claiming that 900,000 children have been hospitalized in America... With COVID since the pandemic began and if you read that statistic you go oh my goodness oh my goodness this is terrible this is a pandemic on steroids (laughs) and many people probably thought that when they read the New York Times article well the actual number is 63,000 hospitalizations of children with COVID related illnesses are a COVID related illness 63,000 hospitalizations in the last 20 months not 900,000 which is what the New York Times originally published uh, the New York Times about a day later they did they weren't on a rush to correct this about a day later they came back and published a very lengthy correction that 900,000 is a fake number. It's a false number pulled out of nowhere. The actual number of hospitalizations in the last 20 months is 63,000. But you know, the tragedy in all of this is how many people read the fake 900,000 number and never came back for the correction? I would actually argue, statistically speaking, more people probably still believe the 900,000 number because they didn't go back to read the article again. Because after all, who reads articles three times? Very few people. They see the headline, they read the first two paragraphs, and then they're on to the next story. And so how many Americans still believe the fake 900,000 hospitalization number for children with COVID? Probably a lot. That's why it's so important for these news organizations to get it right on the first try. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Hey, we got special guests coming up this next segment. You'll want to stay tuned for that. Be back in a few minutes.
2: Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. At the height of a Holy Spirit outpouring in Samaria, where the gospel was being preached with great power and droves of people were converting to follow Christ, the Lord instructed Philip to leave Samaria and head south to Gaza. Philip didn't know a divine appointment awaited him. Through his ministry to the Ethiopian eunuch, the gospel would spread to Africa. He left the crowd to serve one. I call this step-down faith. It's easy to step up for the attention and applause of the masses, but do we have step-down faith?
0: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
2: This is Raising Got the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Girls feel all kinds of pressure. Pressure to get good grades, be the best on the team, be the loyal BFF, they're all good motivators. And with a healthy reliance on the Lord, they can help us discover our calling. But what about other kinds of pressures that lead our girls astray? substance abuse, problematic relationships with peers, inappropriate text snaps or photos. They are all real pressures that our girls face on a daily basis and they need to be addressed. The best defense against the dangerous temptations our girls face daily is affirming her identity in Christ. When she is rooted in Jesus, she is unwavering in the face of pressure. Affirm your girl's godly goodness. When she's confident in who she is and who she is, peer pressure has no match. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
3: Hi, my name's Eric. And I'm Kendra. And we have been married a little over two years now. Honestly, I think the, the most challenging part of our marriage so far, we're
1: right in the middle of it. We're trying to have kids right now. I have a spinal cord injury, so that makes things a little more difficult and um, I just am, am dealing with some issues with infertility. The difficulty is on my end. But it's our infertility. But it is our, yeah. Because we're one right. now. <laughs> and I, I think what's really helped us through this is keeping Jesus at the center mm-hmm. of it all and knowing that anything that causes you to lean and depend on Jesus more
3: is actually a blessing.
1: Yes. It's heartening to, to know that I have someone who's, she's on my team. Tune into By Design as we
0: explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. AFA at the Core Podcasts are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
1: Welcome back to AFA at the core. Here on the American Family Radio Network. A couple ways you can keep up with the show. Our website is AFR.net. AFR.net is the website. We also have an app, the American Family Radio app. And when you're there, you'll see AFA at the Core as a podcast there on the American Family Radio app. We're uh, live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to AFA at the Core on Facebook and YouTube. You can watch the show uh, on both of those platforms. And then um, in November, we're going to launch AFA Streaming, AFA Streaming video platform. And we're going to start uh, off the launch with uh, preloaded loaded uh, content. For example, after AFA at the Core airs live, we will upload it to AFA Streaming so you can go back and watch it at your convenience. And then uh, heading into the year 2022, Hopefully, uh, we'll uh, in the first month or two of 2022, we'll be able to launch a live streaming option there on the video platform. So all of that is being developed, and we're going to launch our first rendition, our edition of that, um, November 1st. Uh, it's on a Monday, November 1st. We're going to launch AFA streaming. You'll be able to create an account there. You'll be able to get up and running watching all AFA-produced content there on uh, the video platform. Hey, I want to welcome on the line with us. Uh, we have both guests, Bobby, now. All right, so we got both guests on the line with us. Uh, I want to welcome back to AFA at the Corps. We had these two great Americans on the show uh, about a month ago talking about what's going on in Afghanistan. But I want to welcome back to the show, AFA at the Corps, uh, Colonel Perry Blackburn and uh, Momo, who's been helping uh, Colonel Blackburn get uh innocent people, American citizens and others uh out of Afghanistan. Hey uh, uh Colonel Blackburn and Momo, thank you for coming back on AFA at the core.
4: Thank you for having us. Absolutely.
1: So so last time you were on, we were in the you guys were in the heat of getting and you still are and we'll get to that, but you, we were in the in the Uh, You guys were in the deep of getting people, not only American citizens, but Afghan allies who worked with American troops and others uh, who would qualify for the special immigrant visa status. um, All kinds of people that you were working to get out of harm's way, out of Afghanistan. And you guys were working day and night uh, to to get people out of Afghanistan, get out of the the hands of the Taliban and the other uh, bad actors there. Uh, uh, We'll start with you, uh, Colonel Blackburn. Give us a status update of what you can tell us as far as where you where you were then over a month ago when we talked last time we talked where you were then and where you are now.
4: So, just as a quick reminder, at that time we were trying to get people through a gate into the Kabul airport on an airplane and out, and we were working with the you know, soldiers and service people at the uh, HKIA there. And it was fast-paced, and it was 24 hours a day, fast-paced, and we were getting people that were getting our contact information, and they were contacting us as quick as we could get people in through a gate, and we would have more of these our Afghan partners that we were partnering with to get through the gate. Well, essentially, on the 28th of August, um, all that ended. It really kinda of ended on the twenty sixth. We got a few out from the twenty sixth to the twenty eighth. Remember the twenty sixth was when we had that catastrophic event where thirteen of our finest service men and women were killed by a an SPID. And consequently we shot a drone strike and killed ten innocent people in retaliation to to that event. So that the way I the reason I, I I I tell you that is because it kind of sets up everything that we are now going forward with from that period on. Once HKIA fell to the Taliban, when we left it, when the coalition forces left it, we no longer had that as an avenue to get people out. During that time, we had also done some overground movement and got some folks out. We talked about that going through uh, different countries and being able to be we were quite successful because everybody was focused on travel Airport.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Now it's just a longer pull and the hours <laughs> seem to never end because we don't have the throughput that we had then. So the amount of people, our American citizens, our LPRs, our lawful permanent residents, our civ holders are still there. We still, Still left them behind. I mean, that hasn't ended. So they're contacting us more and more, and we're getting more and more people. We have been a little successful um, in the in the past few days, actually. Momo, where are we where are we at uh, right now? Do you remember,
2: Momo? So in the past in the past four days, we have gotten forty four people out on aircraft and sixteen ground exits.
1: Wow. Well, Momo, let me ask you this while we're talking numbers. Um, how, uh, do, and you can be you can be rough here. You can round. Um, we don't have to be too detailed. But as far as since since the last U.S. plane left, I'm talking about the military aircraft. They left Kabul on what was the date of that that you said, uh, Colonel Blackburn?
4: Well, they stopped entry on the 28th. On the 30th, they were they were complete.
1: Okay, so since August 30th, Momo, how many people that qualify to get out according to what the standard was before, how many people were still there that, that just you guys were made aware of in your operation?
2: 970 was on our manifest um, back in the beginning of September, correct, Colonel Blackburn?
4: Yeah, so, so that is correct. That was just... On our network that we had that we had manifested and, and gotten out during that period of time. From then on, as you look at how this is working, so all the veteran networks, again, veterans includes anybody that has a touch point in Afghanistan, not necessarily military. We've expanded that definition because there's so many people helping us. It's so awesome. It's, inc- it's incredible hmm. the amount of folks that have galvanized to help this situation um, from that point on the the numbers increase every day. So there's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. There's, I could tell you there's just a hundred American citizens. Would you buy that? I mean, that's what we're hearing from our government. Well, no, yeah. let well, see. American that's, citizens, but that's, right?
1: that's a key point there because the narrative that was out there that was supposedly, supposedly the word was that anyone who wanted out got out. All right. That's what the public was told multiple on multiple occasions. And and, and there was this impression or what an impression. There was this, this basically statement that the, the only reason people are left there is because they want to be there. But you guys can tell me that that's completely false, right or wrong. Oh, completely <laughs> false.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's an abject false narrative that continued the entire time. The same way with there's less than 100 people yesterday i had an american citizen contact me here's a true story this guy has been trying to get out since he got stuck behind enemy lines when he had a he actually had a plane ticket but couldn't get into kabul to get out with the civilian plane ticket he, he has reached out to the state department multiple times and other people and he told me nobody has gotten back to him and he, he was begging me to please help him get out. This is an American citizen yesterday. So this whole idea that you know there's less than 100 American citizens or as Schumer said, there's no American citizen left and that wanted to get out is absolutely false. It has been from the very beginning. And it, it's important that we kind of understand that because that false narrative has carried the narrative throughout the entire time that we've been trying to help people, our partners, get out of Afghanistan. And people have bought into it. They, they believe that, oh, yeah, well, there's only 100 folks. We're, we're okay. We don't need to put any more effort to this. Well, that there again is where, where, what we're up against now because we're trying to contract air to get, to continue to get this throughput of partners out of Afghanistan. And that's our effort right now. I mean, we're literally raising $4 million so we can contract air, so we can get our, the people that we promised out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm.
2: And let me, let me caveat that. I just looked. So in Afghanistan Free alone, we have 28 American citizens listed in our manifest. Mm-hmm. The issue is just because they're an American citizen, they're married to someone who is not. So the SIV application process has been extremely handcuffing to us and or they have an expired passport. Mm-hmm. So without the embassy up and running in, in Kabul and there's no um, definitive way that the passport you know, the, the Taliban slash the Afghan government opened up the passport office, but it, it's turned into biometric people getting pulled out getting shot so people are afraid to go so yeah. we have these 28 that have immediate family members we're not trying to take you know 25 cousins we're just talking about an actual american citizen his or her actual spouse and their immediate children that's it and and there's always a little problem either somebody's got an expired passport or somebody has a a sieve pending without approval yet and we can't we're handcuffed we we are constantly handcuffed. Yeah, and, and now I've got to add what Colonel Blackburn his phone call yesterday, and he and I haven't spoke yet today. But I actually had a family of three that the father is an AMSIS. so that adds to our list. And we're in October now.
1: Yeah, and this is this is what is so critical to understand here about the the U.S. not having assets or any type of. Uh, human infrastructure in Kabul or anywhere in Afghanistan, at least that we're aware of in any official capacity. I mean, th- this whole idea that it's normal to just literally up and leave everything and pull every resource possible out, even your embassy. I mean, America has embassies in all kind of hostile places. Yes, there's a select few countries that America has no embassy, but that's like few and far between. Um, and, and apparently we were doing all this negotiating with with uh, the Taliban and with the terrorists, <laughs> which we shouldn't have been doing to begin with. But nonetheless, we were negotiating with them. And our leaders didn't demand that we at least keep an embassy or some kind of secure zone where, where we can fill these requests. But what, what, what you, you guys are saying and what's been reported is that there's no uh, U.S. personnel on the ground to go to. I mean, you're on your own.
4: So that's well, a great
2: point.
4: See, well, yeah, it is. Right? So the, the, it's, an, it's a great point because we, Momo and I talked about this many times, because if you remember, once again, the narrative was, we're the U.S. government was working with the Taliban and we're actually in a better position. Remember, we're safe people. We can get people in and out. Everything is okay working with the Taliban. However, come upon, you close down the embassy. So therefore it, everything wasn't safe the environment wasn't good you made a conscious decision as a government to close down an embassy in a foreign country and then conduct a non-combatant evacuation operation which we heard during the hearings that is not that is not the environment that they told us we we were working in. In addition to that, and, and this just came out, this is what why this is so crazy to us as we're trying to keep our people safe, our partners safe, or trying to get them out. The State Department says to avoid all travel to the Serena Hotel in, in Kabul, which is a hotel in and around that is used as a landmark. So our State Department puts this out because of security threats. U.S. citizens, they say, which, okay, now you're acknowledging there's a lot of U.S. citizens still there who are out of the hotel should leave immediately. Then they go on and say, be aware of your surroundings. Follow local authorities' instructions and have a plan. Local authorities are the Taliban. That's who you put in the place. Right. That just is a is a great description to me of how far removed they are from the real problems that on the ground.
1: Yeah. You yeah. Just yeah, because yeah, they're talking to us, and they're and 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 I'm, I'm 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 I have no military background, so I'm just an observer as an American citizen and a talk show host. But you talk from what I read and people I talk to that have been in Afghanistan and have fought there. I mean, the Taliban; these guys are vicious. I mean, these guys are snakes. And to for our American political leaders to be talking as if. The Taliban is just some, you know, I I played clips of them talking about the Taliban as if they're just, you know, some villagers. I mean, these guys, we're over there because of them. I mean, we're over there because of them. These guys are terrorists. And to your point, the U.S. is now saying, oh, yeah, just go talk to the Taliban. They'll help you figure it out. Um, These are the same people that have have planted IEDs and attacked American troops for the last 20 years in Afghanistan
2: asv 3 and my personal knowledge, we've had 19 people, a PAX of 11 and a PAX of 8, that have been murdered since August 31st. All, every single one of them were, were interpreters for the United States government. Mm. Their entire family had civ approvals. They had civ approvals with visas. They all had passports. All we were doing was moving them from safe house to safe house. So the PAX of 11 got taken from a safe house and we've not heard from them for over three and a half weeks, so only one can assume, because I was on a daily chat with them. Mm. And then the other eight that were murdered and I had to listen to them be killed by the Taliban trying to get to another location so we could get them on a plane.
1: Wow. It's, it's
2: what you're not just dealing with just buying a ticket and walking on the airport. There's yeah. so many facets that go into
1: this. Yeah, we're being, the American people are being lied to. The world's being lied to about what's going on in Afghanistan. And we're being lied to by our leaders. Yeah, You guys are telling yes. the truth. Hey, uh, Colonel Blackburn and Momo, thank you for coming on. We'll have you again uh, to give us another status report maybe in a few weeks. God bless your work.
4: Thank you. Hey, thank you. Just one real quick. I, I, I'm asking all everyone in your your audience be part of the network. You can be part of us. Go to AFG3.org, and I will we'll tell you how you can help us.
1: All right, I'll of this I'll network. repeat that link after the break. Thank you guys. God Thank bless. You. We'll be back in a few Thank minutes. You.
0: busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net
3: all for the sake of the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and let me tell you about Jaime. He's an itinerant pastor in Ecuador in Latin America. He'll travel days by foot, boat, and mule. He's been beaten by warlocks. He's been robbed of everything in his possession, and he suffered broken bones after falling 60 feet in the Andes Mountains. Now, what awaits him at the end of each trip? It's a thriving congregation of more than 100 believers where Christianity is fiercely opposed. And when I share Jaime's story and how he serves for the sake of the gospel, I recall Isaiah is 6-8. Whom shall I send? Who will go? And I believe this man is admirably answering that call and enduring more than most pastors ever will. And like others in the world where Bibles are desperately needed, Jaime is humbly asking us to send God's Word. Bible League invites you to send a Bible for only $5 every gift match, regardless of size. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Buried yesterday? This is Ken Ham, author, speaker and blogger on science and the
1: Bible's reliability. In Brazil, there's a rock formation
4: called Santana. It's famous for incredibly well-preserved fossils of insects, dinosaurs, birds, plants and fish. Lots of fish. Fine details like skin,
3: muscles, colors, food in their stomachs and even blood cells are preserved. They look like they were just buried yesterday. It's amazing. Now, how is this possible? Well,
0: evolutionary scientists wonder if maybe there were rare catastrophic conditions, things like
1: toxic chemicals, or a change in the amount of salt or oxygen in the water. But they don't really know.
3: They just know it had to be some kind of catastrophe. Well, the catastrophe, it was Noah's flood.
2: Discover more about fossils, the flood, and more at AnswersRadio.com. And listen to this program again, or many others like it. Or view a transcript at AnswersRadio.com.
0: AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
1: Welcome back to AFA at the Core Um, a very sobering interview with Lieutenant Colonel Blackburn and also Momo both of them helping day and night still two months later uh, nearly two months later still working day and night to get American citizens and special immigrant visa applicants and other uh, interpreters that help US troops in Afghanistan all of the above helping to get them out of Afghanistan out of the uh, stronghold of Taliban control. And what 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 you just heard there was the truth about the reality of the on the ground in Afghanistan. All the garbage you're hearing from CNN and MSNBC and the State Department podium and the Department of Defense podium, that's a bunch of garbage. I mean, there's no other nice way to couch this other than... We're being sold a bill of goods that doesn't exist. We're being sold lies and narratives and political cover to protect the people in Washington, D.C. that are in charge of our federal government. There's no other way around this Um, because let me just tell you this. Had Had there been any other person in the White House, especially someone with an R by their name, this would have been an international scandal. This would have been impeachable, all right. This would have been an impeachable, an arguably impeachable offense, um, and and there would have been people like me going, "Yeah, they got to go. This is terrible. I don't care what political party they're with." But no, this is that's not how Washington operates. It doesn't operate under any sense of moral consistency. Um, this is a circus and it ain't a circus. It's not a circus. Sorry, my, my Mississippi slang is kicking in. It's not a circus that, um, that, that goes both ways. This is a, this is a one way street in Washington, DC. Either you're a part of the ruling class, either you've been in government and you've been a bureaucrat for 40 years, um, and you tow the line or you're not in, you're not welcome. And anybody who comes in with any other way of thinking other than the dirty status quo, then they get ridiculed, they get smeared, and they get blacklisted. And you can think of Donald J. Trump if you want to think of who did that or who that is. Um, and this is why this is a two-party problem. You know, some people call it the uniparty, Republicans and Democrats. This is a two-party problem. I mean, both parties in some way are in on all of this, and I'm not. Ta- I'm not indicting both parties entirely, but what I'm saying is, is that both parties have have rotated control of, of of Washington D.C. the last several decades, and these problems still persist. They still persist, and so neither party has effectively addressed the corruption and the swamp attitude of washington dc and so it leads us to a point where we are today where you can have i'm not even going to say extreme incompetence because this goes beyond that we have very competent mentally competent people in charge of our government but their worldview and the way in which they, their ideology drives them is so backwards and so twisted that you have things like Afghanistan happen. And in the Washington, D.C. beltway, they don't think anything's wrong. They think this is totally normal. Absolutely, it's normal to negotiate with the Taliban and give up all of Afghanistan and make an embarrassment of ourselves. That's completely normal. It's just part of the goings-on in Washington, D.C., but we have we have a ruling class that two things they don't they don't understand our enemy and that's giving them the benefit of the doubt. They don't understand who our enemy is or who our enemies are. And the reason I know that is because they negotiate with the Taliban and give them all of Afghanistan, but then they they, they put their Department of Justice, on parents who are frustrated at school officials over teaching critical race theory. See this is their this is their backwards way of thinking. Let's go after people who love our country and ruin their name, put them in jail, intimidate go after, make them hire lawyers and and and, and defund their retirement accounts because they're having to defend themselves with 20 lawyers. Let's go after those people, but let's let the cartels run the border. Let's let illegal, illicit drugs flow into America so we can have thousands and thousands of overdose deaths of American citizens and our children and our grandchildren. Um, let's, let's let the Taliban take back over Afghanistan, which we went in there originally 20 years ago to defeat the Taliban. But let's let them take back control of it, and they can use our military equipment while they're at it. I mean, you see the trend here. Oh, and let's fund, let's send billions of dollars to other countries that don't share our values and let's build their infrastructure. Let's build them hospitals. Let's build their airports. Let's fund their corrupt governments like Mexico. But American veterans who served in countless wars have to wait weeks to get an appointment at the VA. So over and over again, We're putting everybody else at the front of the line. And then American citizens who are funding this entire uh, uh, operation called the U.S. government, we're getting put at the back of the line. It completely doesn't add up, completely doesn't make sense. But when you have immoral people who don't believe in God's word, they don't believe in the fallibility of mankind and our sin nature, They don't believe in America first and protecting the homeland so that America can continue to be a beacon of hope. When you have people that don't believe in any of that, and many times they actually believe that America is evil and racist and bigoted and we just shouldn't be here. Well, when you have people who believe all of that, well, then this is what you get. This is what you get. You have people who fundamentally don't. Uh, prioritize the importance and the value in having a strong free and prosperous America for decades or even centuries to come. Moving into a couple other articles um, I came across this one this one will interest you at least I hope it will. you know we, we get this uh, we get this narrative pushed before us that guns are the problem. Guns are the problem, and you have the gun control debate and people who hate the Second Amendment. But here's an interesting statistic that really debunks the whole narrative that guns are somehow the biggest threat to safety in America. The FBI data for 2020 was released—I'm sorry, this is for 2021, so this is current uh, numbers, current statistics— The FBI database shows that uh, two times more people were killed with knives than shotguns and rifles combined. Yes, you heard me right. Two times, twice as many people were killed with knives than they were with shotguns and rifles combined. Here are the numbers. In 2021 to date, uh, 203 people were killed with shotguns or have been killed with shotguns. 203 people have been killed with shotguns thus far in 2021. 454 people were killed with rifles. Um, and a, total, so a total, total of 657 deaths between rifles and shotguns for 2021 thus far. But the same FBI report shows that 1,732 people were killed with knives or cutting instruments during the same time period. So, 657 deaths via shotgun or rifle, and 1,700 people have been killed with knives or or cutting instruments. Uh, Two times more deaths from knives. So, if we really want to be consistent here, then we need knife control, too. And to that, uh, you think gun control is unachievable. (laughs) You try going after every cutting instrument in America. Can you imagine trying to do that? But, hey, wouldn't surprise me if they tried cuz they've tried anything and everything else. Uh moving on, I want to play a clip here. This is this is Dr. Christopher Rake, R A K E. Dr. Christopher Rake, he is a UCLA anesthesiologist who has been working there for some time now. Well, uh, UCA Medical Center is requiring all of their employees to get the jab all of their employees to get the COVID shot. Well, uh, this fella, Dr. Christopher Rake, he decided he's not going to do it. He doesn't want to get the jab, Um, but he'll still show up to work and he'll still do his job, which is uh, uh, noble. And here is clip five. This is him being escorted out of the UCLA Medical Center because he didn't get the jab. Uh, Clip five, let's listen.
4: They are escorting me out of the building.
1: What's your title, sir? Don't, Don't come near me. What's your title? Okay. This is what happens when you stand up for freedom and
4: when you show up to work, willing to work, despite being unvaccinated. And this is the price you have to pay sometimes. But what they don't realize is that I'm willing to go lose everything. Job, paycheck, freedom, even my life for this cause. Be well. United we stand, divided we fall.
1: There you have it. United we stand, divided we fall. That was the UCLA anesthesiologist, Dr. Chris Rake, being escorted out of the UCLA Medical Center because he doesn't want to get the jab. And this is happening, folks. This is happening by the thousands. And that's not an overstatement. This is happening by the thousands. Another story along this same line is what's going on with Southwest Airlines. What's going on with Southwest Airlines? If you believe the fake news media, and i talked to you about the New York Times story and them getting the COVID numbers wrong. um, If you believe the fake news media, which it's hard to believe, uh, they would have you believe that that over 1,000 Southwest Airlines flights being canceled within the last 48 hours, actually over 2,000 now, is all because of weather. It's all weather-related. The weather's just bad in America, (laughs) as I look out at clear skies in North Mississippi last night. Um, But the true driver of over 2,000 flat cancellations just from Southwest Airlines alone is that their pilots, many of them, hundreds of them, have said, we're not getting the COVID jab. And we're going to walk out until you guys work with us and stop forcing us to get something we don't want. Reading directly from this Bloomberg article, Bloomberg.com, Southwest Airlines pilots asked a court to temporarily block the company from carrying out federally mandated coronavirus vaccinations until an existing lawsuit over alleged U.S. labor law violations is resolved. By the way, this entire Department of Labor... OSHA supposed regulation that Biden announced a month ago about forcing companies with over 100 employees to get the jab, that rule hasn't even been published yet. That rule has not even been finalized yet. So Bloomberg, Bloomberg even doesn't know what they're talking about because listen to the first sentence. Southwest Airlines pilots asked a court to temporarily block the company from carrying out, listen to this, federally mandated coronavirus vaccinations. There is no federal mandate of the jab. I'm talking about with private companies. And so even this article is misleading. See, it makes me wonder, do these so-called journalists either not know what on earth they're writing about Or are they intentionally misleading us? It's probably a little bit of both. But this is, like, what they do. Journalists, like, when they write articles, like, that's all you have to do is get this article right, and they can't even get this right. I digress. Um, You have hundreds, if not more, Southwest Airline pilots who are on strike right now. They're on strike right now. And so that's the reason you have... um, That's the reason you have thousands of Southwest Airlines flights being grounded today and yesterday because the pilots don't want the jab. And so they are letting that be be known. By the way, the union that represents these pilots, they have 9,000 pilots uh, that are members of this union uh, that is going to court uh, to defend the right for the pilots to make their own health care decisions instead of uh, the corporate boardroom making health decisions for them. Another story I wanted to mention is um, this is Senator Ron Johnson. I'm going to play that tomorrow. Not enough time. Um, Seattle Police Department, they're bracing for mass firing of officers as hundreds have yet to show proof of vaccination. The number is about 400 officers who haven't shown proof of vaccination for Seattle Police Department. And they are already facing a, a crisis, a staffing crisis. That's according to their language. They are already sta- uh, facing a massive shortage of police officers in Seattle because of the whole defund the police movement. Well, now Seattle's about to lay off 400 more officers because they won't get the job. Uh, the list goes on and on and on, but we've got to fight back. We've got to share the truth. We've got to fight back against this COVID in sanity. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.